listen to The Alternative. Radios and questions virtual reality. Sponsored by ISEDN.org. Is there life beyond the big four search engines? Are webmasters spending more than they need to? Or leaving money on the table? What opportunities exist on the margins? Spend the next hour exploring paid and free alternatives to the major search engines. Now, step into The Alternative with your host, Jim Hedler. Hey, welcome to The Alternative for April 5th, 2007. This is going to be a action-packed show. So, Dave, we got to dive right into it. We sure do. So, before we do, though, let's just check out the lineup we have today. This is, this is one of the best shows we've done, I think. We have Ken Jarina from EPR. Ken and Curtis are going to be joining us in the first part of the show. Uh, followed up with Becky Ryan from Trillion. And uh, we're rounding out the show with uh, the one and only Lee Auden. Excellent show. Excellent yeah, show. Dude, that's a lineup. So um, let's just dive right in. And, uh, you know, I, I really like following the, uh, the blog talk news. That's great. That, that takes, a, takes a big, big weight off our shoulders. But there's something they didn't mention in blog talk and something I found over at um, Search Engine Roundtable today. Um, there's a discussion going on at Webmaster World. Um, is Google undergoing fundamental search changes? It seems the supplementals are growing rapidly. Indeed. Uh, well, that seems to be the word there. I would, uh, would tend to differ and say these aren't fundamental changes. Um, and that this is just kind of more of the same and, and tweaking existing portions. Now, maybe I'm, I'm thinking of fundamental a little different. When I think fundamental, I mean they're adding something new, not just adjusting the weight being given to, uh, to some of the specifics. Um, but, you know, that's just my take on it. And, uh, you know, uh, when you get into the link building, they definitely are starting to weight their uh, weight their links a little a little differently. Uh, and so the, next week, pardon me, you don't see this as a, as a as a fundamental algorithm shift. I don't see it as a fundamental algorithm shift. I mean, we're monitoring uh, a ton of sites, um, and you know, they, these aren't fundamental changes. And anybody who's been sort of following the best practices is going to be uh, sitting just fine after these after these least, uh, most recent round of updates. Um, but there are definitely some, some changes in the way that links are being counted, um, but, but nothing that I would, I would deem as fundamental changes. Um, but anybody who's, uh, who's going to be paying attention to the, to the strategies conference, we're going to be having uh, a little discussion next week. We'll, we'll look into it a little further with the master. Um, we'll have Eric on who can, uh, who can answer a few of the questions regarding, uh, regarding some of the changes to the, uh, to the way links are being counted. Well, actually, yeah, yeah. Um, Dave and I were talking before the show about uh, about these changes at Google, and we decided that if you know if we're going to ask somebody the way links are being counted, there's, there's only there's there's really one guy to ask in this industry, and that's 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 Eric Ward. So we're pleased to have him coming on the show next week. And um, n- now that you mention it, um, there's going to be a scheduling change for next week. We're on at 3 p.m. Eastern, live from the uh, Search Engine Strategy show floor. Um, and that's going to be a huge, huge fun show. That is indeed. Live from New York. Uh, it's going to be yeah. excellent. Yeah, I love saying that. That is so much fun. <laughs> um, speaking of fundamental changes at Google, this is the last thing I want to cover before we dive into the guests. But um, I was looking in the New York Times today, and um, this, this really bothers me. Google's having a shareholder meeting on the, uh, the 10th of May. And... Um, the company, the company has to file information with the uh, Securities Exchange Commission, the SEC, before they, they go into shareholder meetings. And part of their filing included a shareholder proposal to be voted on um, at the May 10th annual meeting that would require Google to resist demands for censorship by all legal means 
and would prevent it from holding data that could be used to identify individuals in countries that restrict freedom of speech. Now, that, that, that's kind of cool. That was a proposal that's put forward for Google to adopt as a guiding principle. And um, Dave, as you and I'm sure the, reader, the, the listeners are well aware, um, China's had this um, crackdown on, on political bloggers. Um, and uh, you know, there, there, was, there was a case where Yahoo had actually given away um, personally identifiable information of, of people who blogged from China in their system. And some of those guys, I think four or five uh, bloggers said that came to the world's attention, ended up in jail because of it. So Google shareholders uh, wanted to pass a resolution saying, we're not going to do that. Well, the very end of this article from the New York Times says, Google's board recommended the shareholders vote against that proposal. Yeah, I saw that. But doesn't that uh, make let's you feel dirty? Let's get your take on this first there, Jim. I'm sorry? Let's get your take on this first. I, I'm sure you have an opinion. Well, I mean, I have a, I have a mixed opinion. I, I can vaguely understand why Google's board might ask the, the, the shareholders to vote this down, um, but it's a technical reason. It's, it's data retention is very important to them. Um, I just read this a little while ago, and I haven't had a chance to really look into it or to, to, to ask any questions about it, but um, on the surface, it's enormously disappointing to see. It is disappointing, and the part that I notice in it, it that may, sort of makes me question what the board's recommendations are based on is that all the proposal is stating is that they require Google to resist by all legal means. So they're not saying you can't hold data. They're not saying anything of that sort. They're just saying if you are holding data, use all legal means you have necessary to make sure that data is safe. Well, no, that's not, that's not how I read this exactly. I read this saying they're going to resist demands for censorship by all legal means and... Um, the the motion goes on to say you, you shouldn't be holding this 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 data that could be used to identify individuals in countries that restrict freedom of speech. Well, see, and there therein is the key. Now, I you know, of course, I don't know what Google's plans are in the in the grand scheme and in, in a lot of these nations. I understand that China is is huge and that this would basically prevent them from holding um, this kind of data in countries that that are like that. Um, but it's not stopping them from holding this data in. Um, you know, most of the world, or, or at least most of the world that's currently using Google. Um, so I, I just, I, I like you, I was just quite disappointed to see this. I'd like to, to you know, read a little more into it or, or really hear back from, from them and, and get an understanding for why is it that they're uh, making this recommendation to vote against that proposal. The proposal just kind of makes sense to me, um, but I, I like you, I would probably like to have a little more information to base it on, but on on just what I'm seeing here in the New York Times, it's, it's a little disappointing to see based on their, you know, don't be evil motto. Uh, well, you, you don't yeah, I get an image of uh, monkeys with hands over their eyes, ears, and mouth. <laughs> um, that happens. You know what? That's a depressing note. That's, that's, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. You know what? Because we've got to move on. We've got a really tight show today, and actually, we got our guests on the line right now, listening. and I, I, I'm not sure if the mute button's on their phone or not, so they're, they're probably being really quiet in their office so that nobody can hear them. But we have Ken and we have Curtis from uh, FER.com, um, two of the, the, the greatest gentlemen to ever grace the streets of Edmonton, Alberta. Ken and Curtis, welcome <laughs> to The Alternative. Well, hey, thank you very much, Jim. It's nice to be here. This is Ken. This is Curtis here. It's uh, also definitely a pleasure. Well, guys, why don't you tell the... Uh, Tell the, tell the audience a little bit about EPR. 
Well, FER, like possibly many people that are listening, uh, is one of uh, the search and optimization firms out there that are making some waves in the industry. Uh, we've been in business now for about six years, and we also have a sister company that's been in business for 14 years that does more of the website development side of things. Versus the search engine optimization services, FER primarily focuses more in the organic side of things. We've developed, uh, and I guess more our claim to fame, I guess, are the three proprietary applications that we've developed over the last six years or so in business and uh, spent, unfortunately, a whole heck of a lot of money in developing over the years. But the Canadian Revenue Agency has been kind enough to give us some R&D credits because they see the science and innovation and the technology that we're developing. So we get around uh, doing a great deal of organic search engine optimization primarily um, throughout uh, North America and internationally and uh, are lucky enough to head out to a number of the conferences and present at uh, different ones, such as the one coming up in uh, New York here, as a matter of fact, next week for the Search Engine Strategies Conference. Well, actually, not, not only do you guys present at the conferences, um, you guys are, are particularly known for partying and facilitating some of the parties. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, geez, we don't want to be passing around any rumors there, Jim, but uh, there, there might be a certain something happening on the, the Tuesday evening of the 10th that uh, certain Jim Hedger is invited to as well to participate in uh, sort of a, a transportation to and from a party that's happening that particular evening. And, uh, and yeah, maybe you might be reporting live. I'm not sure, but we'll see if we can arrange something in that, that, that regard. But, yeah, I think it was Joseph Morin who kind of knighted me as the, uh, the social convener or coordinator of uh, at least the search engine strategies conferences in Canada, although I think he's definitely well earned the title in the, in the United States, although we're, uh, we're going to see what we can do to sort of uh, get ourselves some credibility in that regard next uh, next week. Oh, brother, you you guys have more than earned credibility in that department. <laughs> um, you know, let's get back to FPR, though, eh? When, when, okay, when I sure. think of FPR, the, often the first thing I think of is just, extensive, extraordinary keyword research. You often think that. Well, I appreciate that. That would just come to <laughs> mind in that respect. <laughs> um, and, and you're pretty much hitting, I guess, the nail on the head as far as really, like I said, our, our claim to fame or, or, or what we're more known for because there are always the, so I guess, search engine optimization one-on-one things that necessarily have to be done that are, you know, many companies out there are, are doing a good job at doing. Um, but with the keyword research application specifically that we've developed, and, and it's actually funny, Curtis will be doing a bit of a, some specific demonstrations of what that application is capable of doing and the research that it can generate and, I guess, ways in which you can slice and dice the keyword research that's being collected, where you know, we're typically looking at a good 20,000 to upwards to 100,000 phrases that we'll analyze and process with our applications to identify the best key phrases that are the most likely con- you know, to convert to actually generate whether it be the leads or the sales. And the reality is that's, uh, that's a pretty daunting task if you have to do that in a manual process and um, you know, look at multiple different data sources to collect that information over the span of a year. And as a result, you know, in a fairly short time span, we can really identify key opportunities, whether it be in services, products, niches, and phrases that aren't being, you know, optimized on by competitors where there's opportunities, even in the most competitive spaces in many cases. But um, we've now sort of grown into also providing that keyword research tool is really high-end online market research that in many cases is either supplementing, in some cases replacing, focus groups and testing. I mean, really, when you can kind of keep your finger on the pulse of what your industry and marketplace is looking for and then from that demand that's being dictated to you, develop a website that's going to meet the needs and wants 
in the language that a person is searching in and looking for, you know, you're pretty much always going to be in that right place at the right time and capitalize on, on those opportunities. But even if it's not in the search engines where whether it's, you know, we've had a variety of different companies, whether it be venture capitalists looking to, you know, get into a new business and want to uncover opportunities in that particular avenue of business or, you know, it could be a philanthropist looking to help out in a certain area where there's wanting to know where there's demand and needs and wants. It could be, I mean, it could be the NBA looking to identify what, play, what people are saying about different players and what are positive and negative things or what merchandising opportunities should be, they be looking at. So even if it's not from an online point of view uh, to do, you know, domination of the world through the search engine optimization rankings and whatnot, but to take advantage of just really what's being said online and what are the opportunities that are out there that people need to know about, this is where there's another opportunity that we've been kind of capitalizing. And, 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 and actually, we now have a request from it's basically about a network of 8,000 journalists that are going to be using the keyword research that we're capable of collecting in, in short time spans or, or, I guess, quick turnaround to identify what, again, people's opinions are on different things, whether it's the political campaign, whether it's, you know, how many potholes are in your city and what the problems are and whether people are looking for it, or whatever the different angles are that are going to be appearing as interesting graphs or interesting mentions in upcoming different articles really all throughout North America because of the power behind our applications and the information we can collect. So it's kind of really got us excited. That's a bit of a new new undertaking that we got into, and uh, I think it's a bit of a feather in our cap. So... Well, you know, yeah, I, I agree. That sounds that sounds amazing. Although, you know, when you're talking about journalists, you know they're going to be vanity surfing, right? <laughs> vanity searching, 100. percent um, Yes, this is true. How often am I searched everything? What are the positive, negative words I should know about so I can put a PR spin on it or something? But yeah, nope, this is nope, this yeah. more so where Curtis, I guess, is really the kind of playing in a fair bit to do with. Uh, we have a market research blog that we're posting a lot of our different market research studies on, and it garners a great deal of traffic. And and this is also, I guess, one of the reasons why he's presenting at the uh, upcoming SES in New York there next week regarding the keyword research capabilities that we've got. So. Well, yeah, you one, know, of the, you, one of the principles that I'll be mentioning is, uh, I guess, during, uh, the old analogy SES, you, you, you got to share uh, some of the information with, with the listeners, then. I'm pardon I, me, I, sorry, I missed really what you're saying. Sorry, I'm go sorry, ahead. Uh, sorry, I missed what you were saying last time. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you know, you guys, I know you guys are going to be on uh, on Webmaster Radio next week, live from SES. So we are, I think it would be really interesting to share that information with the listeners, if you guys could. Well, as to what we're going to be talking about then, or specifically what the, pre- the presentations are going to be about this time around? Oh, no, stuff from your presentations, I was, uh, um, uh, I was hoping. You know, some of the facts, some of the stats, some of the, some of the things after you've presented them. Um, sure, okay. Well, uh, I know what I might I know do is do way hand things over to, to Curtis and sort of let him talk about some of the specific things he's going to be talking about to give the listeners a bit of some insight on what he'll be mentioning in regards to the keyword research side of things. So if you want to jump in, Curtis, go ahead. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the old analogy of the forest and the trees is, is really quite apt in the, in the sense of uh, what we're doing is sort of forest analysis in addition to tree analysis. And uh, it seems as though a lot of the keyword research that people are currently doing would be more of the, the tree type. Um, as we look through enormous volumes of information um, and apply, you know, sort of old world linguistic analysis tools and data analysis tools of, of sort of seeing data trends, as opposed to sort of becoming enamored with specific data points, um, we end up with uh, with really sort of a, this new window on on what's happening in society and obviously with regard to online commerce. And uh, so what I'll be speaking about, uh, the, the session is entitled Putting Search into the Marketing Mix. And so talking about 
I guess, search-informed marketing is a sort of a handle that a lot of people have already adopted. And uh, just talking about some of the ways that this can work into sort of a typical um, company's marketing plan in terms of both online marketing and offline marketing. Um, And then uh, also going through a number of examples of clients that we have done this with where, uh, where really they were surprised by what, by what the market had to say um, based on what people were entering into search engines and how this has had just absolutely dramatic effects on their businesses from suggesting new lines of products to just renaming things that they were already doing to, uh, to other sort of suggestions that nobody would have predicted but that the market was just screaming for and uh, no one else uh, figured that out first. And so as a result, uh, some of these clients have had some excellent successes. And so just sort of touching on a few of those case studies. And uh, I know that uh, when we were presenting in Chicago uh, in December, uh, sort of along a similar line, uh, it was very well received, and a lot of people came up to me later on just uh, sort of with their, with their eyes wide open saying, you know, wow, this is, this is just amazing stuff. So looking forward to, you know, sharing about that again here uh, in New York. You guys are, are primarily known as, a, as an SEO company, and um, to be honest, I'm so interested in, in, in your keyword research. I'm not sure if we're going to have time to get to, to the other services um, that, that you offer in an SEO firm. But with, with the power of your keyword research tool, I'm curious, again, today you're known as an SEO company. Two or three years down the line, do you see yourself primarily as a, a search engine optimization firm, or will you be serving information to search marketing firms? Well, that is definitely sort of the line that we may be looking at going down in the future. Um, I mean, our current applications that we've developed that we use in-house for providing, you know, high-level search engine optimization service and internet market research, uh, at some point in time, and there's definitely been some expressed interest at this point, and we're keeping sort of our ears open for an opportunity to potentially have a strategic alliance uh, or merger even with uh, a company that can take our applications and, and, and techniques and so forth to a level where there is potentially online applications that have been developed and that we carry into providing uh, an offering, whether it be a you know, portion of the features and abilities of the applications or a complete redevelopment of our applications so that, you know, whether it be competitors uh, or really, you know, other search engine optimization firms, ad agencies, marketing firms, market research firms, and so forth, or even just, you know, the, the average common Joe wanting to do some research, there could be a variety of different applications that we develop to provide that, you know, research to whomever the, the you know, the end user is so that they can, you know, yeah, use that research for whatever purpose, whether it be for online and for ranking in the search results and identifying opportunities or determining what products to sell or services to offer or markets to tap into that could be, you know, not taken advantage of. So that's kind of the place that we see ourselves um, potentially growing into. I don't know if we'll ever necessarily get out of search engine optimization itself, but that path, I guess, is sort of the next natural progression and, uh, I know it's funny to mention that because last time when we were in New York, uh, every time I think I sat down for lunch, there was either somebody wanting there to talk about mergers and acquisitions or strategic alliances or something. So it seems to be a bit of a hotbed for that topic. So I'll be interested to see what happens next week when we uh, when we head down. But um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the next place to move ourselves into, and uh, and whether it be licensing the technology and uh, and getting strategic alliances who are using the technology themselves. Because um, when the presentations we've done to other 
uh, you know, large SEO firms themselves that have seen our applications, uh, the eyes are typically pretty wide open as to what's being done. And it, you know, it's it's tough to say that and not sound like we're being, you know, trying to, you know, boast ourselves, and, you know, and, and have an you know, eagle that still fits in a, in a room. But it, it's, it's what gets given back to us on a regular basis. And, um, and again, it gets validated when we go to the conferences and we start showing things off. So it's exciting to have that sort of, I guess, that still unique opportunity in, in, in the proprietary applications when there's so many companies doing so many great things in the space. And, uh, and and we're just we're fortunate to be one of them, you know. Of, of course, we spent about a good million dollars to get to that point, so it's not as if it was by you know un, unintentionally. But the reality is it's uh, it's it's you know an interesting place to be in in the space that uh, you know the SEO is in the in the world right now. Well, thank goodness for those Canada Revenue Agency research and development credits. <laughs> I yeah, I wish they came around Amen. from the very beginning. You know, it only took them a couple years to come around and and actually understand what it was that. Uh, that we were doing, and uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, they, they they don't lovingly continue to give you money on a yearly basis. So the bulk of it still had to be on the back of our shoulders. But uh, and you have to spend that money before you can get some of it back. So, but uh, but still, we are very appreciative that, uh, that they were interested and didn't see any other Canadians doing any of this type of work in the caliber and level and uh, I guess in intelligence uh, with the applications, our artificial intelligence that our applications have the capabilities of doing or linguistic processing and whatnot. There's all these great ways they, they determine what we qualify for. But the reality is, um, yeah, we certainly can't uh, deny that they've definitely helped us out. Hey, guys, I just got a, a two-minute warning from Eddie, the producer. Um, we have to go to break in two minutes, and we're going to be coming back with, uh, with uh, Becky Ryan from Trellian. But we've got, we got, we got about uh, 90 seconds left. Can you just really quickly describe some of the other applications you're developing? Um, well, w- one of the other applications, that's sort of a, another main one that uh, sort of turns a lot of heads, um, we call it the Aculink application. And it actually does an extensive amount of data mapping and, and, and actually link mapping to identify really what are the key hot websites to acquire inbound links from and sites that are willing to actually provide inbound links where they, they, they show the, the potential and, and tendency to do so and the willingness as well as becoming a, a site that is deemed to be quite a probably qualified relevant website. And um, fortunately enough, again, our application is able to go through literally hundreds of thousands of different link relationships that exist specific to an industry around phrases and identify the best and likely key, key link relationships. And then using the application, we can go through and actually visit these different sites and uh, submit and request and acquire inbound links, um, not in a you know, spamming, uh, you know, multi-mass marketing point of view, but more with a very custom approach, and get a very good success ratio of inbound links to a client, which, of course, we, we all know is something of a key component to getting some some good and long-term ranking. So that really does dramatically help, and again, it's it's much of an automated process. So that's one of our other major applications. There's, of course, you know, another one that we have that really goes through the hands-on particular of what needs to be changed and modified within the website and specific guides that get created to provide directions to the developers of the sites so that they can sort of take a step-by-step approach, which just allows FPR to work with so many different third-party web development companies where it makes it their life a lot easier as to how to incorporate and work with all this material versus just sort of a, here's a report, do something and make the changes. And we're much more involved and hands-on in that approach so that the work's being done and, and that everybody's sort of benefiting from the process. So, uh, and, you know, that's kind of a, I guess, a quick nutshell of, of what it is that, we're, that we are doing. But uh, there's always 
a variety of different things that are on the way. So we look forward to, you know, future uh, future interviews to get into more details on those things. And, and I guess maybe next week we'll be doing so the same with, uh, with um, Brandy there, I believe. Yes. Absolutely. Well, you know what? You guys are going to have a great show next week. I know it. You guys are going to have a phenomenal show, and I'm really going to enjoy watching it happen. Um, Ken, Curtis, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. You're very welcome. You're you are very welcome. Thank you again, sir. And we'll be seeing you uh, on uh, on that you know big old limo bus on uh, Tuesday next week. So feel free to bring it. Too much. Cat. It's a magic <laughs> bus, bro. Okay, folks, we're gonna go commercial. Got to pay a few bills here. Um, this is the alternative, sponsored by the ISCDN.org on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're coming back with Becky Ryan from Trillion. So stick around. The alternative, the alternative. on WebmasterRadio.fm. We'll be back after this short commercial break. up today on Webmaster Radio, The Alternative. You know, sometimes you just want to know why those damn kids are hanging out on your front lawn. <laughs> and you know, if you're one of those guys, the search engine for you is cranky.com. They're calling themselves the first age-relevant search engine. On an age-relevant search engine with jobs after retirement come in at number two, sex at number ten. The Alternative. Today at 5 p.m. Eastern. Only on webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. 3 a.m. traveling to a conference in Oklahoma City. Steve Talbot's Ford Escort radiator hose bursts near the town of Hooker. He types Hooker Escort Hookup into another local search engine's one-box search. He has a great time that he can't expense. TrueLocal.com. Two boxes. One click. Great results. And now, transport back into the alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Man, um, man, how many miles of tape did uh, did you guys at the studio have to go through to get that like that couple seconds? Uh, thanks. Okay, that's that. We're back with one of the one of the most charming people in search marketing, with Becky Ryan from Trillion. Becky, how you doing? Welcome back to the Alternatives. Well, hello, Jim. How are you? That was a great intro. Oh well, well I'm amazing, but it's habitual. Um, so I'm getting used to it. Um. Speaking of amazing, I love the intro, keywords and everything else. I just love this. <laughs> we have to be really fast. We have a, a tight show. We have uh, the fabulously Auden coming up next. So, Becky, let's just dive right in here. Okay. We're talk- we seem to be talking keywords. Um, we're going to be talking uh, social bookmarking and tagging in a few minutes. And what's, I have what, 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 a product that can help what's Trillian people. Got, what's Trillian got to offer webmasters? Webmasters, anybody that's looking for keywords, industry-specific keywords, historic data on keywords, I can set them up. We have the best product out there. We have over 32 billion keywords and growing. One of the neat things about Trillion is, um, and I've heard this said by others, and I I think I said this myself, um, given the the information that's coming out of the Overture, uh, the Overserve uh, suggestion tool and many of the other tools out there, Right now, it feels like Trillion is, is, is giving out some of the most trusted information. Well, we still incorporate Overture. If people are looking for Overture, it's something that started many webmasters long ago into this whole SEO, SEM business. But we also have, we buy APIs. We have sites that um, do search panels. 
we have a broader base to bringing more accurate keywords and even country-specific. Well, let's talk a little bit about the API. What could um, an advanced programming interface, um, that, that allows webmasters to trick out their version of Trillion. Is that correct? Correct. And we have quite a few white labels out there. It allows people to start analyzing exactly what their industry is to help produce more effective pages for the Internet, for their clients, for where they're going. Okay. So if I, if, um, I was a, um, I'm a webmaster or I'm, a, I'm an SEO and I have a number of sites under my, under my control and I, uh, I really want to get involved with Trillion, I really want to get, uh, sign up, start using their tools, or even better, use the API, how do I go about that? How do I contact them? Well, you can contact me directly at Becky at Trillion.com. That's B-E-C-K-Y at Trillion.com. Or you could go to one of our sites, Keyword Discovery or Trillion.com. But I'd be more than happy to help people out, especially if they're going to the show next week. Stop by the booth. I'll set you up with some deals, get you excited about using the tools, and get you on... Um, get you on to a whole new world of keywords, country-specific, and help you guys with your um, quest for the perfect keyword phrase. Now, one of the neat things about Trillion is it's, you're not just um, a, a keyword accuracy tool. Um, Trillion has a, has a number of tools uh, under, under its belt. Is, is that right? We have about 500 different products. We have competitive intelligence to help you analyze your competitors at an affordable base of 100 per domain. And that mm-hmm. also helps you figure out what's going on in the industry. It helps SEOs um, figure out what their new strategies are. It can also keep them up to date and understand where their competitors are going so that they can implement new changes. So the, in looking the at other products that are out there, this at? one allows people at an affordable rate to get going and save hundreds of hours of research. Let's talk about some of the other, the other products that are out there. Um, I'm, I'm just looking at your website now, and this, this is one I've never noticed before. I think it's been sort of a quiet one. Um, Jack the CD Ripper. Yeah. Who names these things? <laughs> <laughs> we have some free ones. We have some fun ones. Um, Dave and uh, Ren have come up with many. Even we have a free button factory. We have tools for any sort of webmaster from fun to some that will save them hours, to some special products for making your life a lot easier in such a professional or competitive industry. Indeed. And speaking of uh, highly competitive industries, um, one of the cooler things that, that Trillion's been offering recently is the SEO Toolkit, the second version of the SEO Toolkit. Um, how would that be of value to, uh, to, to a small business webmaster? It is an excellent um, way to analyze your sites, keep track of your sites. It, does, it pulls in the keyword discovery. It allows people to possibly look up domains for coming up with new areas. And it can track and clean up pages. And it is another tool to keep everything in one little area. And it's not a monthly fee. You download it. You can use it for life. It's very simple to use. And it takes about 20 minutes to learn. 
Oh, and then it get then it gives you access to Rank Checker, uh, MetaTag Editor, a PPC Bid Comparison, um, Ranking Advisor, Link Popularity, and Link Saturation Monitors, and uh, and a hell of a lot more. And a heck of a lot more. It and a heck of a time. lot more. It's something for a company to go into to save time, to manage their sites, to manage multiple sites, and it's extremely affordable. It saves um, hours and hours of work. It's a very easy to use for doing reports. Well, you're going to be at um, SES New York next week. Um, I can't wait. If I'm, you're also at um, AdTech in uh, San Francisco at the uh, the end of the at the end of the month. Is that is that, is that right? Yes, I travel all over, and I'm looking forward to seeing anybody at AdTech or SES. And if you've heard the show today, I'd be more than happy to set you up with additional discounts or information. Oh, so um, if, if I hear you right, and please correct me if I'm wrong, as I know you will, um, people who mentioned the show today will get a discount. Yes, and we're going to go with how about buy one month, get one month free. That would be the lowest that we've ever done. Well, there you go, friends. Here are the alternatives. Like, not only do we bring you great information, we bring you special offers. And uh, this is a, a, a wonderful special offer from, um, if I do, if, if I dare say so, a wonderfully special person. Becky, you make going to the conferences so much fun. Um, and, and friends out there, if you're going to be uh, in New York at SES or you're going to be in uh, San Francisco at, at AdTech, seek out the Trillium booth. They've got some really good information. Um, and uh, when you're there, I mentioned the show, you might get a free month. And, Becky, I've been getting the warning from... Uh, from uh, Eddie down there, down there in the booth in, in Miami, we have to take another break. Well, thank um, you so much. I enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys at both the shows. Oh, absolutely. We're Webmaster Radio is absolutely everywhere, and uh, Webmaster Radio. No, I'm going to be at the show covering for both Webmaster Radio and SitePronews.com. So, doing double duty, but it's going to be a huge amount of fun. I'm so looking and forward to it. Fantastic article today, and I'll let you go. But fantastic article. Love well, thank you. Uh, reading thank everything. Thank you so much. You. Huge hugs to you, Becky. I'll see you next week, and thank you so much for being on The Alternatives, sponsored by ISEDN on webmasterradio.fm. we got to go to commercials. We'll be back in just a few minutes. The Alternative on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back after this short commercial break. And oh my goodness, now you can have Google Talk embedded in your Google personalized homepage to be part of your Google personalized life. So you can go there and you can just chat on your homepage. Just remember, folks, you know, you put that on the homepage and you don't log out. You know, I never log out of things. You log out of things. So suddenly all your contacts are sitting there when somebody goes to use Google on your computer and then they're going, oh, well, let's just start sending messages to people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Hi, it's Danny. I've always liked you. <laughs> <laughs> I've always liked you, but I really like you, Barry. But I, uh, I, uh, I really like but you're you. fired. <laughs> <laughs> the Daily Search Cast with Danny Sullivan, Monday through Thursdays at 11:30 a.m. Eastern, 8:30 a.m. Pacific. And if you missed any of this week's shows, check out the Daily Search Cast Week in Review, Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern. 7 a.m. Pacific, only on webmasterradio.fm. Faster than a speeding bullet, it's the super way to pay. It's Fast Transact. Fast Transact 
is the safe, secure, and fast way to process credit cards, online checks, and gift cards. Find multiple payment gateway and merchant account options to keep your costs down and sales up, up, and away. You can build your business empire in a single bound, while Fast Transact fights the never-ending battle to keep payment processing safe and secure. Your quest for an e-commerce solution has found its final destination. Fly over to FastTransact.com today. And now, transport back into the alternative on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host, Jim Hedger. Hey, welcome back to the alternative. It's uh, April the 5th, 2007. This has been a totally fun show. Next week, 3 p.m. Eastern, we're live from New- from the floor in New York. And... Uh, Today we got this is this is a special treat. Today we have uh, probably uh, arguably one of the top experts in social tagging, social bookmarking, and making use of all these wonderful new social networking tools that are coming about. The uh, author of the top rank blog, um, Mr. Lee Auden. Lee, welcome to the alternative. Thank you for showing up, brother. Thank you so much for for having me on, Jim. Uh, that was a really cool session with Becky. She's awesome. Oh, it's always fun talking to Becky, and uh, and, and talking to Ken and Curtis is always fun too. Yeah. Um, this is, as I said, this has been a really fun show. So, <laughs> how am I ever going to live up to that? <laughs> we're going into New York next week. This is. Uh, what are you thinking? It's going to be. A, it's going to be a, a, a. Looks like it's going to be a great show. Yeah, I you know I think um, it's going to be a fantastic show. I mean, I think this is one of the last shows, if not the last show, that Danny's going to be helping to program. So um, I think a lot of folks are looking forward to that. And um, there's a lot of great um, sessions planned too. You know, things keep changing, and the, the this programming schedule changes along with it. There's a whole social media track, and uh, a little bit of everything. Or, or uh, something for everyone is what I mean, um, as far as social media, whether it has to do with optimization or uh, social search or or our session that has to do with bookmarking. Well, yeah. When I when I actually when I look down that list, I see your name appear a couple of times. But the the one that I'm particularly interested in, again, the one that as I, as I said a few moments ago, that like I'm looking at the top ranked blog right now, and the one that you absolutely excel at is uh, social bookmarking. <laughs> Well, um, we developed a, a tool. Initially, we created this RSS button tool, you know, and you see a lot of those out there now. And uh, after reviewing, get, doing a beta, I'm sure you did the same thing, um, uh, getting a beta review of the when the Ask blog search came out, mm-hmm. they had this little cool functionality where it was a drop-down menu, right, for bookmarking that particular item or subscribing to it. And I went to our... Uh, blog guy, right, to Thomas McMahon, who creates uh, those tools and said, hey, wouldn't it be great if we uh, had a cool little drop-down, you know, to save screen real estate tool, so it would make it easier for people to bookmark or share, you know, blog post or even web page content. And um, that RSS button tool that we started with has got to be in use by over 50,000, 60,000 blogs now, and that um, social bookmark tool is in place on maybe twenty or thirty thousand um, unique uh, domain names or blogs. So, um, so by implementing that, playing around with it, testing it, you know, for ourselves, a lot of other folks have taken advantage of it um, as a way, you know, to uh, do some link building and uh, also for content organization. Well, let's let's take a, a quick step back here. Um, 
thinking for for small business webmasters or um, uh, you know people people who are running their own businesses from home, what are some of the advantages of using of using bookmarking and social tagging? Well, social bookmarks uh, should be distinguished from social news, right? Because I think a lot of people have up until recently lumped them all together. So dig and um, you know, Dig and Netscape and Reddit, um, are ver- those are social news sites, and those are very different things than, let's say, Delicious or Furl or Blogmarks. And the difference is, is that social news sites, of course, um, you know, there's, both of them possess the characteristic where people can create a user account, they can befriend other people, they can vote on content, they can comment on the content. Um, but the difference is with social news, that news gets displaced by new news, right? Um, whereas in a social bookmark situation, you're saving something for future reference. So you're going to keep going back to the same stuff from time to time. That's pretty much how those things are structured. So the advantages or benefits to small business marketers, uh, webmasters, for using social bookmarks, um, I think one of the first things you can do is to implement some kind of tool uh, or, excuse me, uh, implement some way of uh, making it easy for people to bookmark their content. So if they're publishing articles on static web pages, or even if they have a blog, they can implement tools, not just our tool, but there's lots of others out there too, um, to encourage, first to make people aware that they can bookmark this content that they like using uh, a social tool so that other can benefit from that as well, and also so that people can bookmark such things so they can access it from any Internet-connected computer, right? So they're not just limited to the browser that's sitting at the office or at home. And in doing that, some of those bookmark services pass link popularity. So when you bookmark something, it creates a static web page, and that static web page is crawlable by, by search engines. So over time, you know, you're, if, if you're in the habit of make, if you make it easy for people to bookmark your content, you're sort of passively link building. And so in that sense, you know, there's an advantage. Um, of course, if people vote it up, um, there can be some additional visibility and traffic too. Um, there's other applications for bookmarking that we've used um, as you might know, um, we have a PR firm, right? And uh, we do online and offline public relations, media relations. And one of the things that we found useful because a lot of folks in the media are, mainstream media are tasked with doing more with a lot less because of layoffs and just the changing nature of uh, news going uh, online and, and um, journalists being tasked with writing more stories um, with, with, with uh, less staff to do so. Make it e- to make it easier for journalists to do research um, you can use social bookmark services to aggregate resources on a particular topic. So let's say I have a company, I'm selling CRM software, and I might go set up a delicious account or a referral account or something like that and actually bookmark various articles that we've written about the advantages of CRM software in general or whatever's unique about our CRM software in addition to links by other sources so that we can, when in the course of conducting media relations and PR, we can actually reach out to a journalist and go, hey, here's a neat, we've got a unique story to tell that your readers might be interested in. In addition to that, here's a link to a collection of resources to make it easy for you. And that's a tactic right there that anybody could do. Well, let, me, let me say, as, we as found a, journalist, a lot of journalists appreciate um, that, bloggers appreciate that. that. That makes our lives like a zillion times easier. Mm-hmm. Well, as, as, yeah, as a journalist yourself, you know. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The more information you can give, the better chance guys like me get it right. Um, exactly. which, which happens every once in a while. <laughs> I, think, um, I think Dave wanted to jump in with a quick question. I did, if I can. You touched on the link popularity and, and the SEO benefits you know, therein. Uh, don't need to go into that, obviously. Um, but I was wondering, now, do you see these, the bookmarking sites? Uh, I mean, I'm sure you're familiar with Google personalization, the launch of it. Um, right. Do you see bookmarking sites and, and the like, uh, social bookmarking, etc., um, as something that is going to be taken into consideration by, um, by Google and, and other engines as personalization becomes more and more important? Um, yeah, and do you I, think that yeah. that's an important consideration as well? I absolutely believe that. I do absolutely believe that Google bookmarks will influence the personalized search results. Um, and I can't imagine why all that valuable data, just like toolbar data, wouldn't, if not now, someday, be used in making certain evaluations and decisions about you know, relevant content. Do you see this improving the content that any individual might get when doing a search? Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, if you're bookmarking a certain kinds of content, um, why not have that influence the types of search results that are displayed for you when you're logged in? Now, would you say that this is going to be, have a greater impact on the individual, say, my results basing on what else I have bookmarked and what, am I more likely to like uh, you know, similar things? Um, or would you take it further and say this will actually affect other people's search engine results who may also enjoy you know, sort of comparing sets of bookmarks together and, and looking at what each of us is liked? Mm, that's a really good question, and I think I'd be a lot more confident that it would affect an individual's search results. Um, I know if I had a search engine, I would also let it affect the results of other people because I think there's insight there that could provide a better user experience. But, you know, Google's going to do what's going to, what and Yahoo are going to do what they're going to do. Um, I think additionally, though, I do think that as a matter of practice, if companies do make it easy for people to bookmark, you know, interesting content, and if that does, you know, as for the services that do create a static web page, when that occurs, and if that's crawlable, I think over time in aggregate that can affect, you know, non-personalized search results, especially you on niche it. queries. You know, just like anything else affects niche queries. You know, like uh, Technorati tags, for example, showing up in the in in, in the the search results for niche phrases. How about um? Let's, 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 again, take a shift over for a second. Um, there's been a lot of controversy recently about the gaming of social networking. Mm-hmm. Well, how, how do you see that? Is, it, is, it, is this really a big problem? Is it, becoming any, uh, is it a growing problem? Um, yeah. Or are the communities able to take care of themselves? I naively thought five, six months ago that the communities would be able to take care of themselves, and I don't think that's the case with um, most social services. The thing is with the popularity of things like Dig and and StumbleUpon and, and Reddit and some of the, and Delicious, there's a lot of, you know, folks out there creating these kinds of services to cap you know, to, to latch onto that and create some connect, contextual ad revenue. Um, and you know they a lot of those may not have the resources to combat the gaming that might happen. Um, and as far as the big players combating the gaming, um, if there's an opportunity to drive business from a service like this, folks are going to figure it out and they're going to mm-hmm. take advantage of it. And it's just yeah. like, and, but you know, the, the spam filtering or whatever you, what have you, it will that, 
the capabilities of the social news and the social bookmark services ever reached the level that Google and Yahoo have achieved? I, I don't know about that. I don't think so anytime soon, eventually maybe, you know, as their business models warrant that kind of investment. But for how now, are, I think there's going to continue to be... How are the social networks making money? Well, what is the, the, the primary or dominant business model in there? Um, well, you know, a lot of them are sort of Web 2.0, right, or... Uh, you know, where they just create free services and try and uh, aggregate as many users as possible, a la my blog log, right, and and, and hope to get acquired, um, if that's a business model. Um, in the it meantime, some of them blog. are monetizing content through contextual ads. Okay. Um, is there any out there that you see actually almost being or, or soon-to-be acquisition targets? I mean, that, that strategy worked brilliantly for my blog log. They're, they're now owned by Yahoo, which... Um, Probably yeah. a very comfortable home for them. Sure, um, I would. I, I think uh, stumble upon would be a right candidate. Absolutely. Who's looking at them. Definitely. Um, I love stumble upon. They send so much traffic. It's it's nuts. And and uh, although you know, I don't see that proportionate to other traffic sources. It doesn't create the same kind of outcome. Uh, the the the. Uh, StumbleUpon generates a lot of traffic for our blog, right? And, so, of course, the outcome, the only outcome that we're looking at from the blog is uh, RSS subscribers. StumbleUpon doesn't generate, you know, on a one-to-one comparison basis as, mu- as many RSS subscribers as some other traffic sources, like a direct link from someone else's blog. That, that would be the number one. But StumbleUpon's great. I, 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 can't, I can't imagine they wouldn't get acquired soon. But I don't have do you, any insight. Do you have a gut sense of who's looking at whom right now? I was just going to say, yeah, I don't have, unfortunately. On some things, I get to have some insight on this stuff, but no, I don't. Maybe I need to get on the phone or on the email and start querying people. Have the, uh, has the, the advent of social networks, is that changing the way people search for or relate to information they find on the net? Well, I think it does. I mean, you know, things like the social news sites um, are, are uh, satisfying a need for all these multitasking people that just want to, they, you know, the news they consume is headlines. And, and a lot of times they don't dig any deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And so the, the tagging uh, is something else, I think, that's affecting the way people consume information because... You know, the notion of collect, collective wisdom or wisdom of crowds, right, is, is behind this, this idea of giving editorial discretion to the community to make decisions about what's important, what's popular, and what's not. And that's a new model. That's a different model for consuming information than was in existence maybe two years ago. Ali, Dave again. Um, we've spent a, quite a bit of, a, of the time here discussing sort of the what um, of it. Now, on your, on your blog, you, you've got a phenomenal post, link bait versus dig bait. So I thought maybe we could touch a little bit on the how, given that you're also a, an expert in that area. Um, maybe you can elaborate for, for our listeners, and, and it's, a, it's a very brief post, so highly recommended going to uh, toprankingblog.com and, and give it a read. Um, mm-hmm. But in what the difference, what, what, what should I be considering when I'm trying to build um, one or the other, or as you're discussing in the post, both at the same time, link bait um, and dig bait, or, or uh, right. Bait. Well, I think I think that um, you know, satisfying users' needs is 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 the 
key. I mean, it depends on what kind of site you have. You know, there's a lot of very talented, popular SEO people that write blogs that people don't realize a lot of the stuff they're writing has to do with publishers, okay, which is a very publisher SEO is a different thing than lead gen, lead generation SEO. You know what I'm saying? When you're trying to drive massive amounts of traffic to a publishing website, so you can generate as many page views as possible to warrant the advertising fees that you're charging, right? right. Um, which is a different thing than uh, lead generation SEO, which is where you're trying to drive as many qualified, you know, people there as possible, so that they might enter a sales pipeline of some sort. You know, download a white paper or buy a product. And so I, th- I see those as two different things. And now how that falls into link bait and dig bait is that, you know, public, uh, people that are, you know, doing the uh, social media optimization, as it's, as it's called, um, and using things like dig or dig bait are, you know, more successful, I think, at driving or doing publisher SEO, right, driving massive amounts of traffic, transient traffic that's just doing some clicks and generating page views, um, an ongoing or persistent program of dig bait over time, of course, is going to collect subscribers and it is going to collect um, repeat visitors, right? Just because of sheer volume, some of those people are going to stick around. Whereas in contrast, link bait is about creating very useful um, and maybe clever or provocative content, right? Um, dig bait is about short-term, I think, and uh, short-term results. And I think link bait is something that can provide both short-term results as well as long-term, long-term uh, benefits, right? So you, you uh, look at an industry and you see that, gosh, look, at there's disparate useful information. Let's put that all together into one resource. This is a common, I guess, form of, of link bait. And let's go ahead and put this really useful resource together in one place and let's package it creatively so that not only is this something that a lot of folks are going to read, and they can't read it all, so they bookmark it, right? Or they, they share it with other people. It gets a little viral, and people start linking to it. And at the same time, because it's packaged creatively, um, it's something that can get into a dig or a Netscape or StumbleUpon or Reddit or, or whatever, and people will vote on it because it has been creatively described, you know, the sensational, the fine line between being sensational and... Um, informative, right? So that's kind of how I see a link bait exercise being able to get short-term results, high-impact results short-term as a, uh, as a dig bait sort of thing, but also the content itself for those people who actually drill down and actually read it and engage it, um, it's something that can also provide link bait benefits, which is something that, you know, lots of people will link to it. It'll drive a lot of traffic, and it'll continue to drive a lot of traffic over time because it's an authoritative resource. Now, without crossing over any, any lines, obviously, um, we, you know, with client confidentiality, can you give us an example of, a, of an extremely successful um, sort of baiting experience that you've had or... or uh, you know, something that we could sort of sink our teeth into and, and perhaps use as an example of what the best can accomplish. Well, um, hmm, yeah, the client thing is, there's no big clients that would ever, I would ever be able to talk to, but there's a little client that we have. It's, um, it's a neurosurgeon who's selling some books on a site called smart-kit.com. And this guy's a really good writer, and he gets it. He gets the provocative titles, but he's also basing what he's writing about based on, you know, professional research, professional journals. 
And he'll take something he reads in a professional journal, like something silly like peanut butter makes you smarter, you know, and he'll, t- he'll take that, you know, medical industry jargon and turn it into something that's in, in layman's terms, right? And he'll create blog posts about that stuff. And um, there's a, n- a number of uh, posts on that site that have hit um, Netscape and Dig homepage, and, and it certainly gets a ton of traffic from a stumble upon. In fact, one particular case study was uh, he'd written about some particular topic that um, that did hit the homepage temporarily of Dig, and also did well on Netscape, but. What happened is they, they did get a huge spike in traffic, but the vast majority of traffic did not come from Dig or Netscape. It actually came from some other site called Ebombs World, which is uh, sort of like FARC. It's a an odd collection of you know weird things, funny photos, and stuff like that. What happened is someone saw this listing on Dig, and they went and uh, some editor at Ebombs World, and then they went and posted on Ebombs World after seeing it on a social news site. And I think one thing people need to understand is just like with press release optimization, you know, you're going to get some, when you optimize a press release, you get some traffic from the new search engines, but the real value comes when those press releases get picked up on other websites. And I think as social media optimization matures, I think people are going to realize that, you know, you're going to get some benefit initially um, from visibility on the social news and bookmark sites, but you're also going to get visibility if some other site that's credible sees your article there and then links to it from from their site. Like if the New York Times saw an interesting article on Dig and decided to write about it as, as an example. Um, our own example is aggregating 250 uh, search marketing blogs, um, which is now over 400. And that has driven an amazing, an amazing number of links. And that's, that's a personal example. Lee, we're in our, I just got another one of those two minute warnings from, uh, <laughs> okay. from Eddie the producer. And um, so we're in our, our final minutes. Earlier, um, you said that uh, you made, the, you made the, the, the obvious observation that, that social bookmarking helps multitaskers keep track of stuff. And um, again, I'm, I'm looking at the About page of your blog, and if anybody would know, it would be you. Now, you have got to be one of the busiest guys in search marketing. You run two companies. You contribute to almost a dozen different blogs and news sites. You've been interviewed by um, well, pretty much everybody, and I'm hoping you put our podcast up there up there soon too. Absolutely. Um, where do you find the time? You also at every conference in the world. You know, you can sleep when you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> if I learned one thing in the military, it was that no, um, actually, um, you know, you just have to get creative. And I'm I'm actually not quite as busy as it might seem, um, but it's things certainly are busy. Um, I've actually stopped contributing to as many blogs as I used to. I, I really only write one one post a day, roughly, for toprankblog.com. Um, and from time to time, um, because we've become media sponsors of Search Engine Strategies and um, eMetric Summit and ClickZ events and stuff like that, we do have some obligations to promote those events, so I will... Um, you know, write some articles and get them picked up by Internet Search Engine Database and mm. and, and some other sites. But um, it's just getting creative with your with uh, content creation, I guess, is what saves a lot of time. Well, you're you're also going to be helping uh, helping uh, Barry and his team cover SES um, next week. Is, is that correct? 
I don't think I will unless Barry is open to adding me last minute. Um, we talked about it, and I didn't think I was going to be able to. Um, okay. However, I, I know that you have um, in the past. Now I think a, a couple of things tablet. have changed actually just today, and so um, yeah, if, if he if if he wants me to help, I would certainly be happy to do that. I wasn't able to before though. Well, and the, the the posts that you put up before and the the posts at uh, toprankblog.com are, are are just phenomenal. Um, if you do me one last favor while while we're on the air. I was going to try it, but with on 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 this show you have a 50/50 chance of me getting your name right. Could you tell us <laughs> the name of your public relations firm? Oh, yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. It's Michucanus Odin. Michucanus and Odin Public Relations. If you just if you oh since we have this SEO thing going on, if you go to public, if you go to Google and you type in public relations, it it should be in the top ten. It's probably only number ten, but um, you know, or PR agency or PR firm or public relations agency, public relations firm, it'll definitely be in the top five or six for those phrases. Now that's one hell of a plug. Well done, um, <laughs> Lee. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you so much for joining us on the Alternative today. Thanks, um, John. WebmasterRadio.fm. We are almost out of time. We have uh, one last shout-out to make to uh, a friend who's not going to be at SES, although he'd entirely meant to. Um, Dave, you were talking to Frederick Towns earlier today, weren't you? I was indeed, and he was planning on being there. It's a shame he won't be. Unfortunately, he had to go into, uh, into surgery last, uh, last Friday, uh, Achilles tendon, so obviously he can't wander around a conference floor. So just wanted to give a, a shout-out, and sorry we, uh, we won't see you there, bud. Yeah, uh, Frederick, um, get well soon, man. Um, it's should heal up in a couple months. <laughs> Not heal up, get it? <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us here on The Alternative. We're back next week, 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, live from New York, from the show floor. Um, again, have a great week. <laughs>